Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Okay, before I begin, we've been away for a while, and I'll explain all of that, but I'm recording this the morning of September 11th, 2019. Today is the 18th anniversary of Donald Trump bragging he now has the tallest building in downtown Manhattan. What? They say, what? How, how dare you? How dare you politicize the event? Have you heard this? When you tried to discuss the president's lies and exploitations of 9-11, how dare you politicize the event? Well, excuse me, it, it's the most politicized event of the 21st century, so let me continue. Uh, he bragged, it's on tape, that day that he now had the tallest building in downtown Manhattan. He also took $150,000 in relief funds for his undamaged buildings. He lied that he lost hundreds of friends. He didn't. He's never named one. He never went to a single funeral. He lied when he said he helped out a bit at Ground Zero with the first responders. Um, and, of course, we find out he was prepping for a photo op with the Taliban on U.S. soil for this very week. You know, I like being told not to politicize 9-11 by people who use 9-11 to attack the wrong country. But here's my deal, friends. Uh, this is also the 18th anniversary of Donald Trump not seeing thousands of Muslims dancing in the streets of Jersey City and then politicizing it via lies to launch his political career. And I got to tell you, I'm thinking about that lie the most today. Um, I, the Muslims dancing in Jersey lie really was the one lie that, that warned us. It should have warned us right at the beginning when he said he saw thousands of Muslims dancing in Jersey City that day, and there was no video proof of it anywhere. No, no video proof of it anywhere. That led to him lying about the disabled reporter uh, from the New York Times. He was lying. He was mocking the disabled guy for not lying uh, to cover up Trump's lie. And that's the deal. When he lied about something so demonstrably false, it, it really told us where he was coming from. And that with this man, we'd only have four options. The Muslims dancing on 9-11 lie warned us that either one, he was lying and he knew we could prove it. Or he, two, he was lying and he was too dumb to know we could prove it. Or three, he was lying because he didn't care that we could prove it. Or four, he was insane. Those were and are the only four options. Welcome back to Sanity Cast. Oh. 
Welcome to the Sanity Cast, the show devoted to finding sanity or faking it in the time when the Christians have elected Caligula. I'm John Fuglesang. I'm a comedian. I'm a radio show host. And uh, I'm old enough to remember when sex tapes were still on tapes. This is a podcast that believes depression is a disease, negativity is a habit, sanity is the opposite of Hannity, and if we're all in this together, despair is privilege. We don't have time for your despondency. Check out, lick your wounds, get back in the game. This show is about the very fine art of giving a fuck. And my brothers and sisters, the earth is getting hotter, so Trump says it's a hoax and enables more pollution. Mass shootings are on the rise, so Trump calls for more guns. It's kind of awkward to realize that that we care about Donald Trump's kids and grandkids more than Trump ever will. I've been away for a couple of weeks. How you been? Um, It's been rough over here, and I'm very sorry. I like doing this podcast. There will never be a gap like this again, but it got a little madness. Uh, I mentioned earlier that I had mono all summer. Man, I'm part of the the, the 10% of adults, proudly, who get mono after age 30, and it's a drag. I I got Epstein-Barr the same summer that the two most horrible men in America were named Epstein and Barr, and I'm walking around with, like, these heavy fevers every day, multiple fevers all day. I had no energy whatsoever. Went out to, to L.A. for a week just to sleep, just to sleep. Bought a bunch of Legos and comic books for my kid and just slept. Uh, in the middle of this, uh, just dragging through the summer, I got asked to do this off-Broadway show, Laughing Liberally, as a long-running uh, series in New York of political comedy. And they, the producers called me up, like, in August and said, hey, can you put up an off-Broadway run in, like, three weeks? This off-Broadway musical closed early. They still had the theater. And they said, hey, would you do a Laughing Liberally show? It was the same producers. So, like, I had three weeks to plan 15 nights. They asked me to headline every night. And and they said, hey, uh, the only rule is no white guys. No white guys. Just you. And I'm very white, as you know. Albinos call me honky. I'm I'm, I'm terrible. So so I, I finally prevailed. I said, listen, it's great that we're so progressive. We can discriminate based on gender and race. But there's a few very funny white guys. So I am so proud of what was slapped together while I was sick. Uh, it was a Herculean effort. But uh, I told them I didn't want to do an off-Broadway run that was like the same five or six comedians every night. I wanted to do a progressive comedy and satire festival with a whole bunch of different people. So we have been doing this run now. It's a 15-night off-Broadway political comedy festival with 37 comedians, and it has been incredible. Uh, Elaine Boozler, Janine Garofalo, Judah Friedlander, uh, they've all done shows. Great comics you might have heard of if you're into comedy, like Ted Alexandro, uh, who, who's, God, he, he tours with Gaffigan and plays hockey arenas. Marina Franklin, who steals an entire scene in the movie Trainwreck. Uh, Frank Conniff, TV's Frank of Mystery Science Theater. He had a he had bypass surgery. We got him back on stage uh, for his first time. Um, and like his chest, the audience was left in stitches. Uh, Jimmy Tingle performed, and I love Jimmy Tingle. He's one of the greatest political comics of our lifetime out of Boston. And he works completely clean, even though his name sounds like a a male sex toy. Anyway, we've been doing this run, and it took up my whole life. So between the mono and the off-Broadway run, uh, I've been crazy busy. But um, the off-Broadway show's been fun. Maybe you've seen me popping around. I did Slate's podcast, The Trump Cast, with Virginia Heffernan. I recommend it. It's pretty groovy. Uh, I did Fake the Nation, Nagin Farsad's excellent podcast. She's also doing this show. So is uh, Dino Badala. So I think is Phoebe Robinson of Two Dope Queens. She uh, she said yes, but, you know, that doesn't mean anything in my life. what I'm trying to say is I'm doing this festival with, like, we've got Muslim comics, gay comics. We've got gay Muslim comics. At least one. He's fabulous. Um, and I did a, a Joy Reid's show on MSNBC to promote it. So um, 
I've been out there, I've been working, but I've been really, really sick. And it's really, really good to be back because, friends, we missed a lot. Let's talk about the last three weeks in a special edition of What the Fuck Fatigue. Here's the deal. The reason it's dumb to do political comedy is that your material ages in 10 days, so no one's going to care. And, like, future generations are never going to understand how every day of this administration there were just so many lies, mendacity, malfeasance, rank fuckery, and double-talking jive. There's not going to be any documentaries that document everything that happened that he did that was wrong or dishonest. Ken Burns would be, like, 107 and still cutting it together. So maybe a podcast like this is eternally damned to be dated. But just in case you're listening to this well past the week of 9-11-19 and it's long in the future and you're just tuning in to hear what people were talking about at this particular time, one-fifth of the way through the 21st century. Um, the last time I did one of these, Jeffrey Epstein was still alive, but just taken off suicide watch. And I'm just going to run through really quick, because I've been away for almost a month, really quick, everything that happened in the last month. Just so future generations can hear this and understand why we call it what-the-fuck fatigue, our outrage circuits are fried. Jeffrey Epstein died. A lot of questions. Uh, one thing we know is the world's worst suicide watch has got to be suicide watch in the special housing unit of Manhattan Correctional Center. I was tweeting for a long time. If you have photographic or videotaped images of powerful men having sex with underage girls, your prison bodyguard needs a bodyguard wasn't enough. Donald Trump went to the G7, and that was amazing. Did you remember that? It, I know it's 17,000 what-the-fucks ago, but it was just a couple of weeks. He went there to the G7, and he lied. He lied about a call with China about his trade war. He lied about attending the climate session. Then he didn't go and lied about why he didn't go uh, to meet people who were there. He lied about why Putin was ejected from the G7. He lied about America having the cleanest air. Lied about the Iran nuke deal. Lied about America being ripped off by NATO. Lied about Russia annexing Crimea being Obama's fault. And lied about Melania meeting Kim Jong-un. Although in the last part, to be fair to him, he said the first lady met Kim Jong-un. So he could have been referring to Ivanka. Um, also, I, I, do, you, do you love him saying that Crimea being annexed by Russia, that that was Obama's fault? Remember when FDR was to blame for uh, Germany annexing Poland 90 years ago, um, 80 years ago? By the way, 80 years anniversary of World War One, World War Two beginning September 3rd, my birthday, uh, 1939. Donald Trump was going to go to Poland to commemorate the 80 year anniversary of World War Two, then said he couldn't because of the hurricane, then stayed here and fucking golfed both days, in case anyone still thinks his supporters are Christian. What else did we see in the past month? Brothers and sisters, we saw Portland reminding us that not only is it possible to be both anti-fascist and anti-violence, the majority of us are that way. Uh, we saw Kid Rock doing a disgusting, d sexist smear on Taylor Swift. I'm not even going to repeat it. It was so nasty, and I, I couldn't handle that. I was still reeling from Mario Lopez giving bad parenting advice. But here's the deal, man, about Kid Rock. Kid Rock is to rock what chlamydia is to rock, which is to say probably unavoidable, but really could have been prevented. Here's Look, if your party can devolve in 70 years from Eisenhower down to Nixon, down to Reagan, down to W, down to Palin, down to Trump, don't act all surprised when Kid Rock shows up, man. We saw Joe Biden's gaffes or blunders every day. There are Pete reports on Joe Biden's gaffes or blunders, and that's fine. It's the media's job to keep track of Joe Biden's gaffes and blunders. 
It's also their job to cover blunders, hypocrisies, and straight-up lies. Look, we're going to disagree about candidates. Uh, that's the deal. That's the way it is on the left. I will say this. I would take Joe Biden with all of his flaws and all of his contradictions and all of his problems and baggage. I'll take Joe Biden with two bloody eyes, early-onset dementia, and on fire with a head wound with Tourette's over Donald Trump. This was also the August of Suddenly Woke Guys. You notice all this? The, the, the Suddenly Woke. We, we saw Joe Walsh. Uh, Joe Walsh, not the Eagles dude, the, the former congressman who uh, is now running for president against Donald Trump for the GOP nomination, promising twice the civility with all the racism. Anthony Scaramucci, who had a book out less than a year ago about how amazing Trump is and then realized, oh, wow, even with John Kelly gone, I'm not getting a job back in the White House. So now Thirsty Tony uh, comes out and turns on Trump. Now he turns on Trump. What is that? What is that? Scaramucci's against Trump now? That's like that's like if you go to see Star Wars and then Empire Strikes Back, and then halfway through Return of the Jedi, you realize Darth Vader's not the hero. That's Scaramucci. But this most surprising woke of, of the summer was Tommy Lee. Whoa, Tommy Lee's Facebook post about Trump? My God, that was incredible. But I will say anybody, whoever saw Tommy Lee's sex tape, knew his best work was in front of him. Uh, oh! We, we had Greenland. That happened this month. Greenland. He tried to buy Greenland, something else he can buy with somebody else's money. That was awesome because Denmark owns Greenland. Greenland, majority Inuit, by the way. I don't think Trump realizes that. And uh, Denmark, they're like, no, bro, it's not for sale. You can't have it. I know climate change is going to melt it all and you can go for the minerals, but no, you can't have it. And Trump went crazy. And I'm Danish-American. Do you understand this has never happened? My people have never been attacked by Donald Trump. I have never gotten to play heritage umbrage. Trump's attacked every other group on earth. Mexicans and Asians and Europeans, Africans, Puerto Ricans, African-Americans, disabled people, war veterans, women, transgender people, Belgians. He did. Went after the fucking Belgians. Finally, finally, Denmark has won Trump bigot bingo. I'm so proud because the only groups he hadn't overtly insulted were like Danes and uh, Jews. And he covered both this month. Which brings me to The Squad. That happened, too, since I last talked to you guys. Oh, The Squad. Here's my deal on The Squad and Ilhan Omar and, and, and Rashida Tlaib. Um, I'm not going to call Trump a motherfucker like Rashida Tlaib because that's wrong and he's more into his daughter. My point is this. Uh, I'm not here to defend Ilhan Omar. I'm here to defend the facts, okay? Ilhan Omar, you ready? You ready? Has never said anything against Judaism or Jews. I'm going to say that again. Ilhan Omar, Rashida Tlaib have never said a thing against Jews or Judaism. They've criticized the Israeli civilian government. They have criticized lobbying, lobbyist culture, including AIPAC. I will say I didn't love Ilhan Omar's tweet about Israel has hypnotized people. I'm not crazy about it, but you can explain it away. But otherwise, she's always kept it in the civilian government and the lobbyist. And that all about the Benjamins comment, that wasn't about Jews. It was about lobbyist bribery. I was more offended she thinks it's hip to quote puffy but neither of these people have criticized judaism or the jewish people you know who did donald trump while trying to paint them as anti-semitic he came out and said jews don't get it american jews don't get it uh and they're ignorant for supporting the democratic party 
this is one of the reasons I love American Jews. Um, they are generally uh, better Christians in some regards than American Christians because having been a marginalized people, Jews are a bit menschier and more sensitive to minorities. I grew up on the Isle of Long around lots of Jewish people. I, try, I tried to convert when I was 15, but the rabbi said I, had, uh, I, I, I was too neurotic. Um, so he actually said uh, uh, the American Jews are, are ignorant. And when they called him out on it and said, bro, kind of anti-Semitic, that made him furious. Furious, Trump sat through a whole dinner with Bibi Netanyahu and Mrs. Netanyahu, so he could be president. You're going to sit there and not give him a reach around? So, so when you've called 76% of American Jews ignorant, the best thing to do is call them disloyal to you, which is exactly what he did. And he, here's the final word on this. If criticizing the Netanyahu government proves they hate Israel, then logically, Trump criticizing the Obama government proves Trump hates America. Thank you. Also, oh, you think that was it for the last three and a half weeks? No, no, no. Style icon Wilbur Ross announced that Americans paying for tariffs instead of China is the new Americans paying for a wall instead of Mexico. That's the wall. It steals money from the troops. It's going to now steal money from troops' families. It's going to steal private property from American citizen landowners using eminent domain law. The wall's a broken promise. The wall is socialism. The wall is uh, their racism outweighing their decency. However, in fairness, if you remember Trump University, this wall is not Donald Trump's first time stealing from U.S. vets. This week, uh, of course, uh, we saw the economy begin to falter a bit, mainly due to the trade war with China, the ballooning U.S. budget deficit, uh, many other global factors. So Trump, who realizes the illusion of a strong economy is essential to getting re-election, uh, blamed his own Federal Reserve Chair, uh, Jerome Powell, who he uh, hired. And in the middle of it, you got Larry Kudlow saying everything's fine. And folks, if Larry Kudlow can handle a $100,000 a month cocaine habit in the 90s, I think he can handle this. Oh, also, Sarah Huckabee Sanders uh, went over to Fox News. That happened in the last three and a half weeks. Fox News and the White House are locked in this game of fascist Red Rover. I'm very happy she went over there. Um, it makes two jobs in a row where she'll never have to talk to actual journalists. The Comey IG report came out, and Donald Trump tried to claim this a win, even though the report uh, confirmed Trump lied about Comey lying, Trump lied about Comey leaking classified info, and Trump lied about Comey breaking the law. Mike Pence, he went to Ireland, stayed 300 miles away in the much smaller Trump property so he could violate the Constitution's Emoluments Clause and pour more money into the Trump family bank account. Karen Pence wasn't surprised. She said so many nights, Mike would always take the long way home. Uh, what we saw a Catholic school uh, try to ban Harry Potter books because there's casting spells. And if casting spells was a real thing, every shitty goth band would have platinum albums by now. We saw Jay Inslee depart his presidential campaign against climate change the same week David Koch departed his lifelong campaign to make climate change worse. Yes, David Koch. Uh, you know, I don't want to speak ill of the dead, but um, right now he is screaming to the nearest demon in hell that he is certain his new room is getting hotter. And the demon is telling him, no, that's just a hoax. Also, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, last three and a half weeks, she has now beaten cancer three times. And Trump used bone spurs as an excuse and couldn't go to a military ceremony, a cemetery in the rain. It's still weird. Can I finish? Uh, this is three and a half weeks. Um, once upon a time, we all distrusted the weatherman. Everybody distrusted the weatherman. Then technology got so good, everybody could finally trust the weatherman. And then Donald Trump became president, and Wilbur Ross ordered the weatherman to lie to everybody. How do you begin talking about what happened with Noah? When Trump lied and said this hurricane was going to hit Alabama, people in Alabama flipped out. Noah's office in Birmingham said, it's okay, it's not going to happen, it's not going to come here. And then Trump spent a whole week 
trying more to defend his lie than to care about the people hurt by the actual hurricane in the Bahamas. In fact, he was racist to the people in the Bahamas and said a lot of them were going to be criminals and gangsters as refugees coming over here. Uh, He can't say my bad because he's a weak coward of a man. Two syllables, bro. My bad. And it's over. It's over. He can't say my bad. So he's got to do a week, not just defending the lie, but sending out the crypt keeper, Wilbur Ross, to defend the lie for him. Dude, it's just crazy. Nixon didn't lie about the weather. Like, like, look, I, I mean, I give Trump credit for two things. Number one, this is 25th Amendment gold, because at some point he's going to need an insanity defense. Uh, but number two, uh, he found a whole new way for white men to lie about size. Well done, Sharpie Gate. Also, in the last three and a half weeks, Howard Schultz, the world's richest barista, suddenly realized nobody ordered this. Sarah Palin's husband, Todd, who thinks Alaska should secede from the Union, seceded from his own. Uh, Donald Trump Jr. called somebody else Fredo, prompting irony and hypocrisy to have violent hate sex in a cheap hotel than hang themselves. And finally, the Trump administration literally wants to deport kids with cancer. That's just three and a half weeks in America. It's time now for Master Debater. This is Sanity Cast. I'm John Fugel saying this is a long one. I've been away a while, but I'm catching up. So here's the deal. Um, I, I talk a lot about the Bible and what the Bible actually says versus the what Jesus' unauthorized fan clubs want you to believe. And I talk a lot about how it's not possible to follow Jesus and follow Trump and how the people who wanted more God and government voted for this hybrid of Caligula, Judas, and the Golden Calf. And you guys know this. You're smarter than me and more moral than me. Trump has no empathy or compassion. All the nasty rhetoric against immigrants and Muslims, his long record of discriminatory housing practices, his public cruelty to people he doesn't like. I mean, just so much lack of compassion. His attacks on the LGBTQ community, rescinding Obama-era protection for transgender kids to allow them to use the bathroom. He also had this really just completely shitty ban on transgender troops in the military just to be mean. He didn't recognize Pride Month or National Coming Out Month. He's he's hard on the gays. Uh, You know, we already talked about how he lied about uh, the World Trade Center and, and 9-11. His love of money has always been greater than his love of God. I mean, James 4-6, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. There's nothing you can say that Donald Trump is remotely Christian about. 22 women have accused this guy of sexual misconduct, and he brags that he grabs him by the pussy. He said Haitian immigrants all have AIDS, and Nigerian immigrants will never go back to their huts. I mean, Jesus bless the poor. You know what I'm saying? Not just the poor in spirit, but the poor. Donald Trump has called the poor morons. This is true. I mean we've talked about it quite a bit. The only thing Trump has in common with Jesus is that they both hung out with hookers and used ghostwriters. So um, I was talking about this, and someone on Twitter got really mad at me and said, okay then, okay then, do Elizabeth Warren. Do Elizabeth Warren without mentioning Trump. Show us how Elizabeth Warren really is more Christian. How does she reflect the teachings of Jesus, huh? Okay. Challenge hurled. I now present 21 ways Elizabeth Warren's candidacy is more Christian than Trump. Number one, help and uplift the poor. Jesus's main mention. He talked about our obligations to the poor. He condemned the idolatry of money. He assailed the rich and the powerful and the self-righteous. Elizabeth Warren's uh, campaign calls us for an increase in federal housing, raising the federal minimum wage to $15 an hour, supporting family and medical leave, and bringing health care to all people, regardless of their ability to pay. That's number two, provide care for the sick. That was Jesus's marching orders to heal the sick. Uh, That's why so many old hospitals are named after churches and churches opened hospitals. That used to be what the religion was about, rather than screaming at women outside clinics. Number three, build bridges, not walls. 
literally. She does not want to spend your money to build a wall. She wants to repair infrastructure. I mean, Pope Francis said anyone who wants to build walls instead of bridges is not a Christian. Number four, overturning the tables of the money changers. That's Liz Warren's main gig. Never forget, the reason Jesus did that was that they were exploiting the poor in the temple. Number five, welcome the needy stranger. She's not turning away war refugees. Number six, uh, Jesus said, render under Caesar, Caesar that which is Caesar. In other words, pay your taxes. She's got a pretty good application of that. I mean, for, for every dollar you make over 50 million, two pennies comes out of every dollar to help provide health care to children. Not shabby. Number seven, she calls out hypocritical religious leaders, just like Christ and the Pharisees. Number eight, Liz Warren doesn't bear false witness against people. She doesn't lie about people she doesn't like. Number nine, Jesus said man is not uh, defiled by what goes into his mouth, but by what comes out of it. He was going against Old Testament food purity laws because Jesus did overturn lots of Old Testament laws. Um, Elizabeth Warren does not constantly defile herself with, com with what comes out of her mouth. Also, number 10, she doesn't demonize foreign minorities. Jesus made the story of the Good Samaritan, the Samaritan, for a reason, because they were hated. They were despised. It was a political act of saying, love the people you think are your enemies. They're good people. Number 11, like Jesus, she opposes the death penalty. In fact, everyone uh, except Joe Biden in the Democratic campaign does. Number 12, she opposes the abuse and objectification of women which is what Jesus is talking about in Matthew 19 when he says, don't ogle women. If you look on a woman with lust in your heart, you've already committed adultery. He's saying, don't be a dick hitting on girls when they're at the market trying to buy their spelt. I paraphrase. Uh, number 13, she opposes using weapons against our enemies. Jesus said, he who lives by the sword dies by the sword, and Senator Warren supports a ban on assault weapons and universal background checks. Number 14, she's not anti-LGBT, just like Jesus. Number 15, like Jesus, she never says women or doctors should go to prison for having abortions. That is what you're fighting for, pro-life people, am I right? Uh, number 16, she views the Christian refugees at our border as humans, not illegals. Do I have to explain why calling someone illegal is unchristian? Number 17, she goes out of her way to help specific groups of marginalized people. That's what Jesus did for the prostitutes, for the poorest of the poor, for the lepers, even the tax collectors. Whoever was hated, that's who Jesus stood up for. Uh, number 18, here's some Bible quotes. Give to him that asks you, and from him that would borrow of you, turn you not away. She supports Medicare for all. Here's a few more. Uh, number 20, blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Of course, I'm talking about the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes. You go to your Christian Trump supporters and say, the Beatitudes in Matthew 25, that's what Jesus is all about. Show me one thing Trump stood for. Well, Elizabeth Warren's all about mercy. She wants to end private prisons, which exploit the poor, and she wants to eliminate mandatory minimum sentencing, which is a system that's literally set up so mercy isn't even an option from judges. Number 21, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Ooh, Matthew 6.24. Don't have to explain. Uh, here's a bonus one. Uh, this is from Matthew 25. And as much as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, ye have done it unto me. And as a bonus, uh, Elizabeth Warren stands for student loan debt forgiveness. And the Bible calls for a jubilee year every seven years for forgiveness of debts. So here's the deal, my friends. Uh, and ask this to your Christian Trump-supporting loved ones. If you claim to be Christian, every day you've got to ask yourself this. 
am I choosing to be the one who says no room at the end? Or am I choosing to be the one who says, we'll find space for you? The irony about, you know, this whole situation is um, to bring about Christ's essential teachings, we have to defeat Christ's loudest fans. All right, they asked me to, to, to share my experience with um, eye puffiness under the eyes, and, and it's, it's, it's tragic because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I, I, I don't have eye bags. I have like Mario Cuomo level saddlebags. Like I have luggage. Like the bags under my eyes are so big, they, they get cable. And, and, you know, you've heard about remedies over the years uh, from hemorrhoid cream. Uh, I did it wrong too. I won't explain, but they're not letting me back. Um, in CBS ever again, uh, tea bags, cucumbers, and you know, they don't really work. Well, that's why I was excited to learn about Plexiderm, uh, cause Plexiderm, you know, it works, but not taking days or weeks. It's a clinically studied serum that visibly eliminates under eye bags and wrinkles from view in like minutes. Okay. The science behind Plexiderm is incredible. There are clinical studies to back it up. And if you find yourself looking older and tired because of crow's feet or wrinkles or under eye bags, you can look younger in just minutes with Plexiderm. Don't take my word for it. I'm just a disembodied voice. See for yourself. Watch a real video with real people and see how fast crow's feet and wrinkles and under eye bags disappear. The results are backed up by Plexiderm's 30-day satisfaction guarantee, which means a lot to me. Go to triplexiderm.com and use the coupon code SEXYLIBERAL for a discount. That's triplexiderm.com. Use the code SEXYLIBERAL or call one 800 685 1292 and mention sexy liberal check it out try plexiderm see what it does for your under eye bags and again if you're not satisfied they do have a 30-day guarantee what have you got to lose besides looking like mario cuomo and me Okay, Inspiration Nation. This is a little segment we do where we talk about when you're feeling crazy, uh, songs, albums, books, things that can help you talk yourself off a ledge. Joy is important. If you spent all the Bush years being angry and tormented all the time, you spent eight years not living. Um, and I just want to recommend a couple things really quick. I was sick. I got my second grader into the Marx Brothers, and it's the greatest thing of all time. Uh, please, if you need to laugh, go watch the Marx Brothers. Nowadays, as a grown-up, I think Chico is the funniest and the most subversive. As a teenager, I, I thought Groucho was the most brilliant because he's, he's, he's a genius. But as a child, I loved Harpo. And watching Marx Brothers with my little son and seeing how Harpo gives my kid giggle fits is delightful. Treat yourself, I would say... Go for the Zeppo films first uh, with the four Marx Brothers. Skip the coconuts. The rest of them, you can see any of them. Start with horse feathers. I mean, duck soup is obviously the classic. The two good ones, really good ones without Zeppo, Night of the Opera, it's okay. Uh, and Day of the Races is very funny, but there's, there's some musical numbers that will freak you out. At the time, it was meant to be pro-black folks. Now it looks pretty tacky, but check them all out. Also, Robbie Robertson is going to be on my um, SiriusXM show. He's coming back, and he's a, a hero to me, former guitarist of the band, songwriter who wrote The Wait, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down. Um, Robbie Robertson uh, left the band in 1976 with The Last Waltz, and then uh, about 10 or 11 years later, 
he launched his solo career. His first record was Robbie Robertson in 1987, produced by Daniel Lenoir, featuring U2 as his backup band on two tracks, and Peter Gabriel was on it, um, and Rick Danko from the band, and it's a beautiful record. It's aged really well. Robbie and Scorsese have been friends for decades. When their marriages ended in the 70s, they famously holed up in a house and did a lot of drugs and just watched old movies all day. Uh, Robbie's done the music for most of Scorsese's films, including compiling the music for Raging Bull and even the incredible atonal music for Shutter Island uh, and all the great songs in Casino. You know, they're, they're old friends, and now um, there's a brand new documentary about the band. Uh, and Robbie has a new solo album and uh, a new music in Scorsese's new movie, The Irishman. So check out Robbie's first couple of solo records if you want to hear some cool stuff. This is a guy who never sang with the band. The other guys were great singers, so Robbie just played guitar. And then he had this incredible, growly, gravelly voice and was sexy as hell. Uh, Robbie Robertson and Storyville his second solo album, um, so much great music. A lot of it's aged really, really well. And then he did the soundtrack for a TNT show called The Native Americans, and Robbie grew up on an Indian reservation in Canada. Um, and after he did that, and it melded like rock and roll and electronica with um, indigenous people, uh, uh, music and, and, and recordings, he did another album taking it up another level called Contact from the Underworld of Red Boy. Those two records... Songs for the Native Americans and Contact from the Underworld of Red Boy will blow your mind. You don't think about American Indian rock and roll or electronica. Listen to what Robbie has done. It should be its own genre. And finally, one other thing for Inspiration Nation. Uh, we lost Peter Fonda in the last couple of months, and I had the pleasure of uh, meeting him a couple of times. I, I did an award show with him in L.A., and he, he came on my radio show, and he was a, a really nice guy on Twitter. In the last year of his life, he, he made a, a tweet expressing his outrage about um, putting kids in cages. And he made some unfortunate satirical comparisons to Baron Trump that caught him a lot of trouble. And I, I hate to think he was sad over that when he went. But we lost him. Um, I'm going to say Peter Fonda should have won the Best Actor Oscar for Yulee's Gold in 1998. Uh, Jack Nicholson won it, for as good as it gets. And I will stand on Jack Nicholson's coffee table and scream, Peter Fonda deserved it. I want you to watch the movie Yulee's Gold from 19. 97. It is such a moving, still performance about values. And Peter Fonda has one of the best lines um, that's helped me stay sane for years. In the end of the film, he says to a guy, there's all kinds of weakness and not all of it's evil. I am performing Laughing Liberally through the 21st, uh, me with Janine Garofalo and Elaine Boozler and lots of great comics every night. Um, it's an amazing theater in a church. It's like adjacent to a church on West 46th Street. And Al Pacino and Dustin Hoffman acted there. Go to www.laughingliberallyny.com to uh, get tickets to that. I'll be doing a, a benefit for our friend Carl Frisch, who's running for office in Vienna, Virginia, on Saturday, September 28th. He's big in the Stephanie Miller world, and uh, I'm very excited. I'm going to be performing in Los Angeles uh, in Beverly Hills for a benefit that Steve Scrovan is putting up on the 20th, um, I believe. Uh, it's a Sunday night. And then I think I'm doing this big reading at the Saban Theater of all actors reading the Mueller Report out loud. Um, I hope that happens. I really want to do it. Uh, I'll also be performing a story at the Poetry in Motion series in New York City on September 25th. Now it's time for questions for Trump defenders. This is an ongoing list we're compiling of real questions that at some point you can ask your Trump-loving aunt or uncle or friend who can't spell your correctly. Um, just straight-up questions they should answer. Why is it acceptable for Donald Trump to hire non-English-speaking workers on H-2B visas requesting exemptions for his own business twice in 2018? Why is it okay for him to hire all these workers on H-2B visas wanting exemptions for his own businesses? Uh, also, which intel services have concluded that Russia didn't interfere in our elections? 
Any? Here's another one. Why didn't Donald Trump do a single interview or town hall to promote the two health care plans he supported? Remember Obamacare? Obama was on CNN every other night taking questions about it. Trump didn't even do an interview about it. And by the way, here's another question. What is the health care plan Trump campaigned on that's better than Obamacare with lower premiums and lower prices and better coverage? Here's another one. Trump supporters, have there been any rumors about Barack Obama or Hillary Clinton that you did not believe? Can you name one? Um, and finally, uh, in what specific way did Barack Obama leave our economy worse than the day he first took office in January 2009? Ask him that sometimes. See what comes up. So listen, I'm sorry I was gone for so long. It'll never happen again. I'm feeling much better. Thank you for listening to this edition of Sanity Cast. Please, please, please write me anytime at johnfugelsang.com. Send us a letter. Jennifer over there gets all the mail, and she will, uh, she will get it over there, and uh, we will re- respond to your taunts or your insults or your questions or your promises of glory or your veiled threats. johnfugelsang.com, uh, or write to me on Facebook or Twitter, um, and I will write back. Thank you so much. Thank you to Chris Lavoie. And everyone in the Stephanie Miller Sexy Liberal Podcast Network, I'm looking forward to being on the road a lot in the next year and a half, and I hope to see you guys quite a bit. I'm John Fuglesang, at John Fuglesang on the Twitter and on the Instagram and Facebook. And remember this, uh, six in ten Americans say Trump doesn't deserve re-election. But that doesn't help when less than five in ten show up. Keep it here. We'll see you next time. Um, Thank you again. And if you don't self-diagnose, you can't self-medicate. Hey, it's Stephanie Miller, America's original sexy liberal, if you don't count Miller Fillmore. Come join us for the Happy Hour podcast. You're probably already doing plenty of drinking and swearing with this stain of a president in office. Well, join me and my celebrity and comedian friends for a raunchy, uncensored ride through politics and pop culture. Pants optional. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.